The following is a paid program on this station. Cairo Radio was paid a fee to air the following program. All information discussed on the following program is for general information purposes only and does not constitute legal advice or create an attorney-client relationship. Prior to acting on any legal matter, you should seek legal advice from a qualified legal attorney who can evaluate your situation and advise you accordingly. Welcome to Your Partner in Law on Seattle's Cairo Radio 97.3 FM and AM 770 KTTH. Your Partner in Law is brought to you in part by the law firm Gregorick & Associates PLLC. Charting your course to a secure future. Your Partner in Law starts now. Here's your host, Rick Gregorick. Hey, welcome to Your Partner in Law. I'm attorney Rick Gregorick, and I'm here with attorney Ted Hansen this morning. Good morning, Ted. Good morning. Actually, it is sunny and nice out this morning for a change, Rick. It's beautiful, beautiful I woke fall up this morning day. In beautiful Issaquah. It was sunny and just absolutely beautiful. So they're having the salmon days out there this weekend, so it ought to be a really I know nice what you'll day. be eating. I'll be out there. Don't worry. <laughs> it's not just one thing that I eat either. Um, I, I've heard that. Yes. I, I graze. You graze her. There yeah, you go. I graze at those things. So. Hey, folks, uh, the big event was yesterday. We um, we had a great time. At least I did. I don't know if anybody else did, but I think everyone did out at uh, Retirement Roundtable at Maidenbauer yesterday. What a, we had a pretty, you know, pretty full house again, once again this year, and um it, the, the speaker lineup was just I, w- I was even impressed. <laughs> so um, I thought everybody did a great job. I think uh, as a state planning, uh, financial planning um, workshop, seminars, classes, whatever we want to call them, we call them classes. They're they're, they're learning events. But uh, I think we had a little bit of fun there. And uh, gee, John Curley, what a you know? Yeah, John did a great job. He's just That's like a ball usual. of energy, right? I mean, and just you know, kept everybody moving, and you know, kept everyone engaged, and. You know, just had a lot of fun. Um, I, I thought we had some great yeah, door if I, prizes. If I had one percent of that guy's energy. And that's something. Yeah, <laughs> I take a, it right a, now. A little ever ready bunny. He he uh, just goes and goes. And uh, but a, a real professional. He knows what the heck he's doing. And um, really, you know, an entertaining speaker. And um, so that was great. We just had. Uh, I just thought of so much uh, fun and. Hopefully, all of you who attended, if you have recuperated. Um, Hopefully, everyone that went out learned one or two new things. I don't know how you could have come there and not. I, you know, I put the events on. I've been doing these. I've done probably over a thousand of them. Yeah, I always learn. Something. I still learn something from someone because there's always something new. There's always a change, and I think that's what makes it so important for us to do these types of events for the public because a lot of folks remember what it was, not what it may be today. And we've had so many changes in the law and procedures for the law and other intersecting laws through retirement planning or IRAs, um, just so many different things, new insurance products, new, you know, just everything, you know, it keeps evolving, it keeps changing. And that's kind of why our estate plan is a living document that, you know, we have to keep current. It's of little value to us if we let it get out of date and, you know, stale. You know, we've got... You know, Ted, like, you know, one of these cases we've had, we've had many of them like this, where, you know, someone brings in the old will that's 30, 40, 50, 60 years old. We've had them over 60 years old. And, you know, just to use common sense and say, gee, there's a 60-year-old will. Yep. Well, the first line executors were gone. The second line choices were gone. There were no third line in most of them. So all your backup fiduciaries are gone. All of your primary beneficiaries have died. And then usually they've gone through what we call a per stirpes distribution where if, if uh, you know, I'm supposed to inherit something and I've predeceased, then generally it would go to my kids. That's, you know, kind of a common thread for most plans, certainly not all, but most and so you went from a distribution to one person to maybe three or four. Well, if you had four kids and each of them had a couple of kids, you know, things are starting to get complicated. And, you know, a lot of times these families, they may or may not be very close. We don't know. Uh, we'll talk about that a little later in the show also about some of the blended family challenges that we have in this area that are just growing concerns. And so it's it's really um, 
kind of one of those things, you know, to stay prepared, you know, keep your plans current. Golly, I used to tell people they could go five, six years um, between reviews. And boy, the way the laws have been changing, Ted, do you, do you feel it needs to be more current? I mean, I'm, I'm starting to tell people three, you know, just because there's, yeah, the, I, the changes are coming rapid fire. I think the changes uh, that are occurring require a little bit uh, sooner than later kind of scrutiny, frankly. And it, it, particularly in the areas of retirement accounts and those types of assets, that, that's in a constantly changing state, and that's one of people's principal assets these days. So certainly with respect to those kind of assets, it's worth a review every couple of years. Or And, and most people hear about these law changes, but they either don't act on them or they're not sure that it's actually a law yet and they don't do anything about well, it. Or how does it apply to me? You know, yeah. or, oh, that's for rich people yeah. or stuff like that. And we uh, have to be careful what we hear on the news or more importantly, sometimes what we don't hear on the news. We've had a significant number of important um, decisions at the Supreme Court, at the federal level, House of, you know, House of Representatives, the Senate, um, Social Security, the Veterans of, Administration this year. I mean, this last yeah. two years have been very busy. Yeah, certainly, and some changes in the special needs trust arena in terms of uh, attorneys and fee declarations and fee approval and things of this nature, which have kind of thankfully gone dormant for the time being. But nevertheless, those kind of changes do take place. And then we've had, of course, some legislation stalled in the Senate with respect to the SECURE Act that purports to change the uh, stretch IRA rules and some other distribution rules with IRAs, which is currently is kind of suspended, for, for lack of a better word. But I, I don't believe that's dead for sure. I, I don't, don't think back. it's dead at all. I think we're right. going we're gonna to see the SECURE Act um, – probably revitalized in the house but uh, it's i yeah. think it's uh, and, and we've talked a little bit about the basics of that but i don't i don't really feel like there's a great deal of information that we can pass on now that's actually law we can only say what's being that's what and, might be yeah but, pay but, attention but if that does happen folks so we, we we definitely need to revisit your planning in those particular arenas for sure particularly with respect to retirement accounts well one example um ted is the um the Senate version of this uh, bill uh, regarding IRAs, your retirement accounts, um, they are looking for um, the required minimum distribution age to be pushed out um, in the House version out to age 72 and in the Senate version out to age 75. Now, for most people, I would think that's a really great thing. All that says is you don't have to take out your required minimum distributions until you reach these older ages. So that's really good. But for many of you, if you are in that uh, enviable position of being able to defer any withdrawals from your retirement accounts for several more years, you're going to make more money. You know, you're going to leave it in there um, well, you, growing yeah, but, and tax deferred. But so conversely, your payouts are compressed too, right, as a result of that, right? So the, so the required minimums are actually going to be larger for most people. than A little be, bit. A little yeah. bit, for yeah. sure. So, so that there's some of that going on too. And I think that part of this, Rick, is that Congress, when they came up with these plans originally, they had no idea the effect that these would have on the overall economy. And people actually took advantage of these and used them. And now – Almost every large financial institution, their largest holdings are these types of accounts. Well, trillions, of yeah, dollars. trillions of dollars. And these, types of these yeah, the retirement accounts, your your four hundred one ks, your four fifty sevens, your four hundred three bs, all of your employer, either private or government sponsored um, savings retirement plans um, are huge. And yeah. like you said, Ted, if we look at the average American today, and we can certainly say the average Washingtonian that when we look at them, the two single largest assets in what I'm going to say middle-class America is their home and their IRA. And what's interesting today is in many cases, and I don't have the statistics on it, I'm going more on, you know, the folks we see coming through the office. We see it every day. So that's why, yeah, exactly. And it really just seems like there's you know, been a big shift. The balance has shifted. I, I think for sure it has. Yeah. I mean, you know, million dollar properties years ago was that was a, <laughs> that was a heck of a property, right? But nowadays it's commonplace. Million dollar properties are common nowadays, and and but so are two and a half, three million dollar IRAs that we see. Or well, that's it. And you know, yeah. we used to always see that the home was the you know the linchpin. That was the biggest asset, the most equity. Yeah. Now there's a lot of reasons it may not be today. Of course, we had a recession, we had a real estate reset, but we seem to have well recovered from that. Yeah. But you know today people are using an awful lot of leverage to buy real estate. In other words, big loans, big mortgages, seconds, and so they don't sometimes have that much equity. Yeah. 
that's so true. they might be living in a million dollar house, but it's got eight hundred thousand dollars worth of yeah, debt we, on we it. Do, we do see some of that. As and well. so what we're seeing, though, is a net result of that. The larger asset very often is the retirement account, the IRA. If you know, if it's all the accounts have been rolled over into the proper yeah. IRA and that. And so this is an area that we feel very strongly at our firm. People need to have more planning on, on planning with their IRA assets. Now, that we're talking something different than you would do your financial advisor. Your financial advisor advises you what type of investment vehicles to be in inside of your retirement account. That's their job. But my job is to place those assets in a different environment uh, in the future. Um, yeah. I, you know, while you're an individual, you're kind of stuck. It's an individual IRA, and what you want to do there is maximize your returns uh, according to your goals and objectives and risk tolerances. Make sure you're getting all your employer matches along the way. Yeah. And then, you know, we just have to, to manage that. Yeah, but, we're, we're talking about beyond the spousal Right. Well, well this how does it go to a spouse? That's, that's right. You're right. But, but I think it's important to understand that uh, for purposes of federal and state law, uh, interspousal IRAs are protected and the back end part of it, uh, money going out to kids and things like that, that's really the problem area that we find because that money is unprotected coming out to anybody other than a spouse. And the risk there is particularly in these traditional plans, we call them, that is they're taxable on the back end if a beneficiary were to have a $100,000 seized, for example, for a creditor, the money is deemed a distribution, but the child has the remaining tax liability for that distribution. Therein lies the problem. That's a a big one. Hey, folks, uh, we would love to chat with you this morning. If you were out at Retirement Roundtable yesterday, I'd love some feedback if you got it. Um, We'll put you right on air. The number to get on live this morning, we are live, we're not a recorded show, is 888-973-5476. 888-973-5476. We'd love to chat with you this sunny Sunday morning in Seattle. So give us a call. Your partner-in-law will be right back. Sometimes big events in your life all of a sudden cause you to wake up and realize you should start planning for the future. I lost my dad a little over a year ago to cancer, and I remember thinking to myself, I should probably have a will or trust. So I called Rick Gregorick. Now, the reason I called Rick Gregorick is because I've been listening to him on Cairo Radio on Sunday mornings, and the guy is an absolute expert. I sat down with him. I explained my situation. He walked me through all the different variables, whether it was a trust or charitable trust, real estate, taxes. It was so complicated. I was so glad I had Rick right there to walk me through the whole process. So be proactive. Take control of your life right now. Go meet with Rick Gregorick and schedule a complimentary consultation at yourpartnerinlaw.com. You can also listen to Rick's show like I do, Your Partner in Law, every Sunday morning at 9 on Cairo and KTTH. Schedule a meeting with my estate planner, Rick Gregorick, at yourpartnerinlaw.com. That's yourpartnerinlaw.com. One of the biggest mistakes you can make heading into retirement is not planning for the high cost of an extended health care situation. A lot of people assume they have enough money saved only to watch everything they've worked hard for get whittled down to nothing from the ongoing costs of a long-term care situation. Don't make this mistake. By putting a long-term care plan in place, you guarantee yourself a source of funds to pay for care when needed, and you also know you won't become a burden on your family. Do what my wife and I did. Go learn all about the new long-term care plans offered by 525 Advisors. These new plans protect your savings, protect your family, and pay your estate back if you never use them. Learn more by attending one of the upcoming classes taught by Brian Ott, who's the host of Long-Term Care Radio right here on Cairo. Brian does have a few classes coming up this month. Seats are limited, so sign up now at 525longtermcare.com. You'll get a free copy of Brian's book, too. Go to 525longtermcare.com, 525longtermcare.com. Have you ever wondered what would happen to you or your loved ones or your business if you were incapacitated tomorrow or if you died prematurely? None of us plan on it, but not addressing these issues can be catastrophic to your finances, your family, and your business. Hi, this is attorney Rick Gregory, host of your partner-in-law, right here on Cairo Radio every Sunday morning at 8. Elder or estate planning is necessary for all of us, regardless of our wealth or lack of wealth. So whether your estate is large or small, you simply must have a proper legal life plan in place to protect you, your loved ones, and your business. For your free estate or elder law planning consultation, give us a call today at 425-284-3450. 
At Gregorick & Associates, my staff and I will take the time necessary to understand your needs and recommend the best plan for you and your family. Call us today at 425-284-3450. That's 425-284-3450 or go to yourpartnerinlaw.com. That's yourpartnerinlaw.com. Now back to Your Partner in Law with Rick Gregorick on Cairo Radio 97.3 FM and AM 770 KTTH. Oh, love me a little Sunday morning blues, baby. Gotta love it. Welcome back, your partner in law. We are live. Uh, for all those that don't well, recognize it, it is the he band. And I of... are barely alive this morning, but we're live. Now, who's the band? It's all good. Come on, who's Gosh, the band? I have to think who that was. They sang something called Sunshine of Your Love. Summer, oh, summer of 69. I'm losing it. Cream. Know. Okay. All right. That's that's the uh, Ginger Baker tribute. because Ginger, Ginger Baker, Baker died, died yesterday. That's right. And Got it. So we got uh, a little tribute to, uh, you know, the 60 Rockers, man. Uh, nobody much bigger than uh, Ginger Baker. There you go. Um, and Eric, guys, I think, might be the sole survivor of that. Yes, group. he is, I believe. And so, uh, so you know. It, it's kind of interesting. It I mean, sounded a little Muddy Waters-esque, and I think that's where that all came from yeah. is the Southern. So, you know, when I, I remember that, you know, Cream, became, you know, really hit the scene really big. It was the summer of my of ninth grade. Yep. And um, that was probably the biggest music year of my entire life, um, all the 1968, 69 music. It was – that was – this whole era and cream came out and um, amazing how in those times you can actually still remember that today. Oh well, you know you just looked at that, but well, here those I, times I don't remember for several reasons. But never but now these things all died off. I mean, Ginger Baker was yeah. eighty or eighty-one, something like that. He was yeah. eighty, so it went a long way given the lifestyle these guys yeah, lived. Well, so is Eric Clapton, if you think about it. Yeah, so it's um, another rock legend. Yeah. Uh, we'll have to wait and see what his estate plan is like, won't we? That's yeah. um, always so interesting. You know. Um, I was just reading through the news, Ted, and there was a um, a musician, a, nobody that I know, but somebody out there must know him, but his name was Mac Miller. That's M-A-C uh, Miller, and he was a rapper. Um, he died. He OD'd. Um, another opiate fentanyl cocaine-related death. Um, there has been someone arrested for that in his. But the reason I brought this up is we are always maligning the um, – entertainment industry for their lack of any type of estate planning despite their you know relatively significantly large estates you know most of these are multi-million 5 10 20 50 60 million dollar estates big money and so many of these have done absolutely no estate planning and um, those are the ones we hear about yeah, so TMZ, uh, I guess that's something to do with the entertainment world. <laughs> you can tell I don't live in this it world. It stands for the three-mile zone, Rick. That's what it is. Is that what for. it is? Yeah. Well, Mac, Mr. Rapper Mac, um, he actually had, an, had a trust-based estate plan, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, it was valued at about $11 million, um, you know, another young fella, and um, had done, you know, I guess that's pretty well. But interesting to me in the article was that they were revealing in the article what the distributions in the trust were. But they were very specific. He had, you know, certain musical memorabilia going to certain people, his instruments going to someone and, you know, things like that. And then um, cash going to, I believe it was his parents and other family members. And, you know, it was all, you know, it looks like it was done right. Looks, you know, Things. The only thing I found challenging in my own mind was that the distributions of the trust, which are private, were ended up being disclosed publicly. Now that may be part of a media thing. I don't know, yeah. but or um, a leaked document. Or something. But it just shows he died in 2018. Of course, with the trust, there's no probate. There's privacy, and uh, yet they chose to do some of this. Now a lot of these sports people, or excuse me, entertainment people, it's hard to keep anything from them private. Yeah. But, you know, the the details of the trust aren't necessarily there. It's kind of who's getting some stuff, and that may have been more of a publicity stunt than anything else. But I did want to say kudos. At least he had an estate plan. Holy cow. Yep. So few of these people have anything, or if they do have something, it's usually, you know, so inappropriate or wrong or yeah. something like that. So but it's it was the rather... disasters that we hear about, right? It's yeah. those disasters. So it was, uh, it was refreshing to um, see that someone uh, may have done it right and – you know, in that industry, number one, but he was a young guy. Yeah. You know, he wasn't an 80 year old, 160. He did it when he was a young man. Yep. 
you know, in, you know, and, you know, he was in the, you know, the rapper world. I mean, he was obviously into the drug scene and that. I don't know. Like I said, I don't know the guy. I wouldn't know his music if it was played in Obviously my ear and that's not a cue to play <laughs> at some moment of lucidity or he wouldn't have done it right yeah so is you know really quite interesting to um to go that route so anyhow you know i think last week we were talking about is estate planning really such a big deal well yes it's a big deal because estate planning isn't just about dying that's the end game that's quite frankly ladies and gentlemen planning for what happens to your stuff after you die. You just tell me what you want, and that's a pretty easy part of estate planning. Yeah. The hard part is getting to dead. <laughs> yeah, I hope From we, now to dead is the hard part, the challenging part. we got one thing clear yesterday, it was that part of the equation, right, that we each talked about the importance of having these pre-death documents in place, primarily powers of attorney for health and finances. And the pitfalls of not having those was a really big focus of all three of our discussions, certainly the legal part of the discussion yesterday, all focused on that type of issue and how those are really the most important parts of this. I, I, I call it the death document, and the death document, like you said, is really, in many cases, not the critical instrument that you're. Well, Steve Elliott, right? uh, one of our speakers from Capstone Trust, I thought did a really great job. You know, as a founder of a trust company, a chartered trust bank here in the state of Washington, you know, they have to understand as a professional fiduciary. Um, of how important it is to read the documents, follow the documents precisely. Yeah. And th- and that that's both the good and the bad. That's that double-edged sword is interpreting those documents relatively strictly. Um, yeah, and unfortunately, on what sometimes are. he gets some cloudy documents. Like there that, you right? go. And, were they ambiguous? Yeah. Were they not clear? Yeah. And, and that's, that's where it really gets tough sometimes is poor drafting costs you much more than, <laughs> than drafting yeah, we to just begin with. Yeah, we really right? need to work on this because to do it right, <clears throat> yes, it's a little time, a little effort, a little money. We know that. But the savings of money and the savings of emotions and peace of mind will dwarf the cost of Absolutely. planning. And so that's just, you know, so, so important. And um, as we move through the show today, I want to talk a little bit about some of the challenges we have with uh, blended families. And then, you know, through that conversation, do a little comparing and contrasting probate versus trust settlement. Kind of what, you know, what really is the difference there? So we're going to take a quick break and your calls at 888-973-5476. We'd love to hear from you today and uh, answer any of your estate or elder law questions. We'll be right back. There we go, Ginger. Hey, it's Story Monson with Brian Ott from 525 Advisors and host of Long-Term Care Radio. And Brian, here's another great question from a listener. What happens if the premiums get too expensive and I can't afford my long-term care insurance? Dory, this is one of the biggest concerns people have that are considering long-term care planning. It seems like everyone who has had a long-term care insurance plan in the past has faced a premium increase along the way. But the truth is, things have changed over the last few years, and now we have plans with guaranteed level payments. We also have plans with single payments and limited pay options, so you don't have to continue making payments into your plan forever. If you have a question for me, send it to me at 525longtermcare.com. You can also learn about new programs that pay you back if you never use your plan, and you can sign up for one of my free upcoming classes. And don't forget to join me every Saturday morning here on Cairo for Long-Term Care Radio. Brian does have a few classes coming up this month. Seats are limited, so sign up now. You'll get a free copy of Brian's book, too. Go to 525longtermcare.com, 525longtermcare.com. My dad would always say the three worst words in the English language were shoulda, coulda, and woulda. So many people with retirement right around the corner or in the middle of it have the shoulda, coulda, wouldas facing them. They're not proactive. You didn't take care of the will. You didn't take care of the trust. They didn't do what was needed to do when it came to real estate and taxes. So right now, let's avoid the shoulda, coulda, wouldas and call Rick Gregorick. Rick Gregorick is my estate planner. I sat down with Rick, explained my situation. He walked me through all the different variables, whether it was a trust or a charitable trust, real estate or taxes. It is so complicated. You've got to rely on an expert like Rick, who is so kind and knowledgeable about all of it. So be proactive. 
Take control of your life now. You can schedule a complimentary consultation at yourpartnerinlaw.com. You can also listen to Rick's show, Your Partner in Law, every Sunday morning at 9 on Cairo and KTTH. Your Partner in Law with Rick Gregorick, my estate planner, yourpartnerinlaw.com. We return to Your Partner in Law on Seattle's Cairo Radio 97.3 FM and AM 770 KTTH with your host, Rick Gregorick. Classic Sunday morning. Oh, boy, does that take anybody back? 1969 or something? I guess we could verify that, but I think that's in the in the era there. So uh, classic band of cream, of course. All good. Got one left. Eric's the sole standing survivor. Eric Clapton. There we go. There's some... Still a master, by the way. He is quite amazing. Many, many, many times. I, I don't know that I've seen a better guitarist than Eric Clapton. I've seen a lot of great guitarists, but... He's Perhaps right. He's right up there with, yeah. and he plays all the different types of guitars too. I don't know. He's not still a twelve. Plays that old Strat. He still plays that old Strat. Old Strat, black but, and white Strat. But got the acoustic yeah. thing going, yeah. and um, yeah, I've seen. Of course, he's a writer, poet kind of guy. I've seen him do all acoustics too, and that that was quite a good show too. He can play an acoustic guitar as well as anybody as well. So, so folks, you know, we're talking about estate and elder planning, and um, we're always trying to convey, you know tidbits every week, uh, every hour, every segment of the show, um, things for you to think about, uh, triggering events in your life and what you might want to do about them. And one of the biggest challenges that um, we all have to make uh, in our decision when our estate planning is, do I want to have a will-based plan or a trust-based plan? Now, despite what you may have heard or read or think you know, the answer is always it depends. There is never a you know. There's never a situation where we can make a blanket statement that a will is better than a trust, or a trust is better than a will. That's not the comparison that we need to make. We need to compare and contrast them relative to your individual situation and your goals and objectives, because there's many situations where. Let's say a trust-based plan, my favorite. I love trust. Anybody's listened to me for the last 20 years knows I love trust. But just because I like them doesn't mean you use them every time if they're not appropriate. Ted, one of the most common things in your area of um, practice with the elder law is the need if for a married couple, if I want to leave um, to my spouse who may be you – know, potentially have um, special needs, maybe incapacitated, if I want to leave assets to them and have them protected or excluded from Medicaid, kind of walk the folks through that because I can't use a a living trust in that case. Well, trusts don't work well. Now, some people try to use trusts and do what they call pour back, but that's really kind of clunky and doesn't work very well. Yeah, Washington doesn't like them at all. But (laughs) what we're talking about here are, are what's called spousal testamentary trust or spousal special needs trust that effectively allow a deceased spouse to leave half of their estate to the other spouse in a protected trust that is not considered a resource for Medicaid eligibility. So this can harbor a considerable sum of money depending on the estate and still at least protect half the estate from what we call spend down, which is getting you down to the asset limits for Medicaid, which for a single people are roughly $2,000, a home and a car, some small prepaid burial plan, and a very, very small face value life insurance policy of no more than $1,500, which is Worthless. I've never even seen a fifteen hundred dollars. I don't. I can't even believe they find anybody to write them. Frankly, maybe maybe the Gerber people. Well, still the credit have cards those. have them, stuff like yeah. that. You know, yeah, but anyway, some of these late night TV things. So when you hear these kind of terms that are kicked around, like safe harbor and these types of things, that's what we're talking about. It's a spousal testamentary trust, which can only be established in almost every state via a will, not via a trust. Now. And that's really just due to the language in the federal there statutes. Is, and there's some mechanism by which you can say, if you have a trust plan, that if this situation arises, pour over this money into my wife's trust under her pour-over will. That that doesn't work well here in the state of Washington. You know, Washington, we um, don't have some of the options other states do. We don't. And I suppose in other states that people really press this issue, perhaps it might work. But Washington fails to recognize those kind of pour-back trusts and – uh, this is, an, again, an area where you don't want to take any chances in. So if you have that, uh, of this, let's call it an eventuality in your life that you have limited resources and you're interested in protecting the other spouse from this, this thing we call spend down, that's the way it has to be done via a will. 
Well, and we've, you know, I've had a few situations for clients I did some planning for 10, 15, maybe 18 years ago. And, you know, maybe they were in their 50s. Well, some things have changed over those 15 years and that. And I've had a few of them come in in the not-too-distant past. And I said, you know, and they had a trust. It was fully funded, fully functioning. They loved it. Everything was great. And I had to tell them that I think we need to collapse the trust and go back to a will-based plan because of a now-known disability um, that was, you know, very high probability of becoming, you know, a full-blown incapacity. And we wanted to make sure that we had, you know, covered that base that we didn't want the plan to blow up because the plan was, you know, 20 years old and was no longer addressing the current situation. And that's what we're talking about, folks. The current situation changes. You must change your state plan to stay up with that. Otherwise, (laughs) calamity falls in. Yeah, and that's something that you you absolutely have to plan for. You're not not given this option at the intestacy level. That is, if you die without it, you've lost the chance to do that. State will be happy to take your money. Yeah, and and, and think about the size of that mistake if you just don't plan and the effect on having to spend down those assets to $2,000. I mean, that's crippling, right? I mean, it's just... It's spousal impoverishment. That's what it's exactly it. what it is, spousal impoverishment, and it's, it. it's rampant, folks. Yeah. Hey, our phone lines are open, 888 We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Retirement. What does it mean to you? Has it changed as a result of today's economy? Are you worried about your future? Could there be stormy seas ahead? Hi, this is Rick Gregrick, founder of Gregrick & Associates. We're a dedicated team of legal and tax professionals that can help you navigate your course for a secure future. Whether you're just thinking about your retirement or you're well into your retirement years, whether you're single, married, or involved in a domestic partnership, we can help you create your necessary legal and tax planning. I am so glad I found one firm that can help me with all my legal and tax needs. Call today for your free consultation. That's 425-284-3450. You can also sign up for a partner-in-law event. Just go to yourpartnerinlaw.com and find the elder law or estate planning course that's best for you. You can register for both events by going to yourpartnerinlaw.com. Yourpartnerinlaw.com. This is Michael Medved. Financial experts will tell you that you should have a plan in place for the high cost of long-term care. If your plan consists of using your savings to pay for any long-term care needs in the future, then take a moment to contact 525 Advisors. 525 Advisors are the local long-term care experts. They will show you how to set up an asset-based plan using a portion of your existing savings. Now, this way you maintain control of your money and you're guaranteed to get your money back even if you don't need long-term care. For every dollar you put in today, 525 Advisors will show you how to get 3 to $4 back in tax-free long-term care protection. Call 525 Advisors today to learn how you can put a portion of your savings to work and protect your family and the rest of your assets from the high costs of long-term care. Call today at 425-748-8188. That's 425-748-8188 at 525longtermcare.com. That's 525longtermcare.com. Sometimes big events in your life all of a sudden cause you to wake up and realize you should start planning for the future. I lost my dad a little over a year ago to cancer, and I remember thinking to myself, I should probably have a will or trust. So I called Rick Gregorick. Now, the reason I called Rick Gregorick is because I've been listening to him on Cairo Radio on Sunday mornings, and the guy is an absolute expert. I sat down with him. I explained my situation. He walked me through all the different variables, whether it was a trust or charitable trust, real estate, taxes. It was so complicated. I was so glad I had Rick right there to walk me through the whole process. So be proactive. Take control of your life right now. Go meet with Rick Gregorick and schedule a complimentary consultation at yourpartnerinlaw.com. You can also listen to Rick's show like I do, Your Partner in Law, every Sunday morning at 9 on Cairo and KTTH. Schedule a meeting with my estate planner, Rick Gregorick, at yourpartnerinlaw.com. That's yourpartnerinlaw.com. Now back to Your Partner in Law with Rick Gregorick on Cairo Radio 97.3 FM and AM 770 KTTH. 
All righty. Welcome back to your partner in law. Hey, I want to make sure in uh, this segment, I just uh, thank everyone again who came out to retirement uh, roundtable yesterday at Maidenbauer. Um, have full house. I, 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 it just seemed like a great event. Um, I got a lot of, you know, got to talk to lots of folks and boy, it was, you know, it was really great. And, you know, I, all of the speakers this year, you know, we've had, you know, most of them are repeat speakers, but I thought they just knocked it out of the park yesterday. Yeah, the all new material. It was really, it, um, wasn't, it was good. It was really a. Really yeah, yeah, I challenged attendees to say, you know, I challenge you not to learn at least two new things today. Yeah. Well, all of us did. I mean, myself, everybody, because all these different presenters, everything from finances to health care and long-term care insurance, professional fiduciary services, you know, the things that we all need to consider in our planning, you, me, all the, everyone who's hearing our voices right now, these are things that all of us need to consider. And to have all that information in one room packaged up yeah. in what I thought was nice bite-sized pieces. Everybody talked about yeah. a half hour or so, so, you know, it didn't drone on. And John Curley kept it moving between breaks and, you know, with all the great door prizes and things. I, I wanted to win the one door prize, Ted. I mean, <laughs> we actually, uh, you know, one of the door prizes at the end of the day was a signed K.J. Wright number 50 Seahawk helmet, the nice blue one. It's, oh, I just thought. <laughs> Pull a ticket. Oh, nobody's here. I guess the house will have to keep Go, it. Goes to the office. We, but we did have we did have some winners in that, and grand prize winners. They're going to Daniel's Broiler. They got some wine and oh, movie yeah, tickets, and they're going to the Husky Utah game. I kind of like that one. That was good. Yeah, yeah. and Utah's a good team, so yeah, it'll be Utah's a good game. Good you know, the and, one thing I did hear, which I thought was really an interesting comment, was that I had a lot of folks come up to me and say that they've been to specific events that just focused on estate planning. And we had one gal that just opined about going to one about annuities and having a steak dinner at some annuity thing. But the comment was really that I learned so much more about the integration part of planning by coming here because I didn't really realize that there were all these other pieces that I needed to consider when I'm sitting in front of somebody just doing a topic on, you know, one, when I'm just doing a one topic seminar, let's put it that way. And so I thought that was an interesting comment and uh, well-received, and that's the purpose of why we do what we do is to give you guys not just our estate planning spiel but also to well, allow you, know, you to understand that there are other components to this that are just as important as what we do. And this is an area that I've has always perturbed me that so many folks in the insurance industry and the financial industry – who are financial advisors, certified financial planners, all, you know, different credentials, different types of insurance credentials. But on the title to their business card, it says estate planner. Yeah. Folks, only an attorney can be your estate planner. I'm just going to say that plain and simple. Only an attorney can be your estate planner. Now, our financial friends, they are a resource that should be managing your plans according to your goals and objectives set forth in your estate planning documents. Yeah. They're an integral, vital component to your estate plan for providing the money you need. But that is not your plan. The money is used to fulfill your plan, okay? you got to write the plan down. Same thing with insurance. Insurance helps you fulfill a plan. It fills a monetary need. If you don't have that monetary need, you don't need the insurance. Um, annuities are a way to prey on people who are scared of the market because, you know, people talk about market volatility, this oversaturation of data every day on the financial market. It causes a lot of this volatility. It forces a lot of um, private investors, smaller investors especially, to all of a sudden, you know, get scared because we have low volatility or even a lot of volatility like we've been having. And they automatically pull out and either go into cash or bonds. And this can be devastating to their long-term investment objectives. And yet, you know, this fear cycle that we go through um, in the financial world is there. But um, I think the good financial advisors and the good insurance folks, and there's plenty of them out there. Um, there's plenty the other way too, but there's plenty of them out there. I mean, with financial advisors, uh, we certainly highly encourage our clients to use fiduciary only fee only based um, registered investment advisors that owe a duty to you as their client in setting up your 
portfolio of stocks, bonds, mutual funds, yeah. and typically it'll just be mutual Unfortunately, funds. Unfortunately, I even see some of them do wills and trusts for people, and just uh, it just it's amazing. That <laughs> it, that goes it, on it's just plain wrong. I mean, it's against the law, actually. Yeah. I mean, Washington law clearly states that the preparation of your wills, trust, powers of attorney, things of that nature are the pure province of a Washington licensed yep. attorney, no exception. And they'll try these walkarounds like they're just document preparers or whatever the case might be. But let's be frank about it. It's estate planning. That's what they're doing. It's 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 not correct. It's not legal. It shouldn't be done by them. But and it's dangerous because they're just giving everybody pretty much the same document, fill in the blanks. Oh, yeah. And we see the, we see the effects of this. Yep. You know, and I ask clients when I find an estate plan that's uh, – in my technical terms, wonky. <laughs> it's wonky. Yeah. I go, who prepared this? You know, it's obvious to me, having read, you know, probably tens of thousands of documents, it's obvious to me that a qualified estate planning attorney did not write the, tra- yeah. you know, the, the instrument. Yeah. That becomes clear. Then am I dealing with a, a not so great attorney or maybe they printed off the internet or the son typed it up or whatever. And so oftentimes it's, well, you know, my buddy gave me a copy of his will and I just copied it. Yeah. Or I copied something off the internet or, you know, my, uh, I picked one up down in my financial office. You know, they had a, you know a bin of them. I could pick one up. Folks, this isn't. Yeah, don't don't please, please, yeah. please don't go that route. It's very, that. very dangerous. Hey, this is a short break. We're going to uh, be right back after this short intermission. Stay tuned for more of your partner in law, <coughs> Brian. <laughs> <laughs> My dad would always say the three worst words in the English language were shoulda, coulda, and woulda. So many people with retirement right around the corner or in the middle of it have the shoulda, coulda, wouldas facing them. They're not proactive. You didn't take care of the will. You didn't take care of the trust. They didn't do what was needed to do when it came to real estate and taxes. So right now, let's avoid the shoulda, coulda, wouldas and call Rick Gregorick. Rick Gregorick is my estate planner. I sat down with Rick, explained my situation. He walked me through all the different variables, whether it was a trust or a charitable trust, real estate or taxes. It is so complicated. You've got to rely on an expert like Rick, who is so kind and knowledgeable about all of it. So be proactive. Take control of your life now. You can schedule a complimentary consultation at yourpartnerinlaw.com. You can also listen to Rick's show, Your Partner in Law, every Sunday morning at 9 on Cairo and KTTH. Your Partner in Law with Rick Gregorick, my estate planner, yourpartnerinlaw.com. One of the biggest mistakes you can make heading into retirement is not planning for the high cost of an extended health care situation. A lot of people assume they have enough money saved only to watch everything they've worked hard for get whittled down to nothing from the ongoing costs of a long term care situation. Don't make this mistake. By putting a long-term care plan in place, you guarantee yourself a source of funds to pay for care when needed, and you also know you won't become a burden on your family. Do what my wife and I did. Go learn all about the new long-term care plans offered by 525 Advisors. These new plans protect your savings, protect your family, and pay your estate back if you never use them. Learn more by attending one of the upcoming classes taught by Brian Ott, who's the host of Long-Term Care Radio right here on Cairo. Brian does have a few classes coming up this month. Seats are limited, so sign up now at 525longtermcare.com. You'll get a free copy of Brian's book, too. Go to 525longtermcare.com, 525longtermcare.com. Have you ever wondered what would happen to you or your loved ones or your business if you were incapacitated tomorrow or if you died prematurely? None of us plan on it, but not addressing these issues can be catastrophic to your finances, your family, and your business. Hi, this is attorney Rick Gregory, host of your partner-in-law, right here on Cairo Radio every Sunday morning at 8. Elder or estate planning is necessary for all of us, regardless of our wealth or lack of wealth. So whether your estate is large or small, you simply must have a proper legal life plan in place to protect you, your loved ones, and your business. For your free estate or elder law planning consultation, give us a call today at 425-284-3450. 
At Gregorick & Associates, my staff and I will take the time necessary to understand your needs and recommend the best plan for you and your family. Call us today at 425-284-3450. That's 425-284-3450 or go to yourpartnerinlaw.com. That's yourpartnerinlaw.com. We return to Your Partner in Law on Seattle's Cairo Radio 97.3 FM and AM 770 KTTH with your host, Rick Gregorick. All righty, we are back. God, I love it. Were you born under a bad sign, Ted? I was, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was, it, was it the one that said rooms for rent by the It said bad hour? above it, I think. It was, yeah, it said bad. It's, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, we better leave that one alone like Sunday morning. like that George morning. Thorogood song, right? Well, the nurse said to leave that one alone, right? <laughs> George Thorogood. A little yeah. traveling music there. Okay. We're showing our age, Teddy. We're showing our age. Bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. These are kind of things that hold me back, Rick, just like that. Folks, you know, we talk to you every week about various elements of your life planning, estate planning, elder law. We talk a lot about real estate, and we talk a lot about other related business areas as they all interact and interface with all these things that you got going on in your life. We talk about protecting your assets, protecting your children's inheritance, protecting your spouse's inheritance if they might be incapacitated, making sure that your estate tax situation is properly done. I can't tell you how many folks come into my office with two, $3 million estate not understanding that they have a taxable estate when they die. And they go, well, what do you mean? I'm not rich. You know, well... You, you, I, you know, whatever your definition of rich is, isn't what's important. What's important is what is the definition of who's taxable, <laughs> who is taxable. That's what we need to figure out. So it has, yes, many people may not consider 2.193 million as a large estate, but it is taxable. But let's just put that into a historical perspective that if we go back to, golly, 1999, I think our estate tax exemption was either 700000 or a million. It was very low, under a, mi- a million or under at yeah. that time. Historically, it had been around the $600,000 range for decades. And so even a somewhat modest estate in years gone by would have been taxable or was taxable. And, and we speak as though that's gone forever, but the truth of the matter is is it's not. And this this even federal exemption is likely to come off that 11 million mark and go south again is my guess. I mean, at some point in time through these various administrations is where you get these changes and it's bound to happen. And I'm sure the same thing will happen here at some point because mm. – you know, the state's trying all types of other things to get some more revenue. One of them's capital gains taxes. And when they start creeping into that arena, the next thing they start tweaking is state income taxes, which is going to be a huge hurdle here. And and then they start creeping into the estate planning world, right, where the other money is, right? So yeah, it's how, um, how it works. It, it, it's a kind of a vicious it, – it's not a circle. It's just kind of like an amoeba, you know, this irregular yeah. shape thing and – you know, you get a little tax relief here, you know, but whatever tax relief I get over here, kind of like squeezing the balloon, it's going to pop out someplace yeah. else. I, you know, I've often said that, you know, whenever I see any type of tax reduction that the government is coming out with, the first thing I look for is where are they making the revenue up? In other words, what other yeah. taxes or yeah, yeah. fees yeah, yeah. are they going to do? Yeah. Like, you Because know, it's coming from somewhere. And the right. government plays a lot of games with this, like in Social Security. Yeah. Um, you might read in one article that uh, Social Security um, didn't have any cost increases or to you. Yeah. However, you find out that they're now taking Social Security out of more income. Yeah. That's a tax increase, folks. Call it what you like. Last year, if you made $100,000, you paid X. Now you and, – and that was the limit. It's not, but let's just pretend. That the, the actual limit for Social Security is about 133000 this year. So if you make less than 133000 all of your income would be subject to Social Security taxes. That's the 15.3. For you employees, your employer pays half and you pay half. If you're self-employed, you have the privilege of paying all of it. So monies beyond that are not subject to Social Security. Well, when I first started working – only the first $24,000 of income 
was subject to Social Security. The rate was a little bit lower. So over the years, last 45 years, we've gone from you know, this low number where you know, they only took it out of the first 24,000 up to now they take it out of 133,000. And yet the percent that they take out has only gone up a couple percent over that time. But the money they subject to, we're going to see a lot more of that type of tax increasing coming along. In fact, we see it just about every year because they can do that. They change how much money they're going to collect it on. They can do that much easier than they can raise the actual rate right? Um, because of um, kind of funky inflationary thing, consumer price indexes and things like that that are terrible predictors yeah. of reality. <laughs> yeah, but the reality of it is, is they're going to take it from somewhere. And like, like, we, like Rick said, I mean, this is the environment that we have currently. And, and frankly, when we plan, we can only plan for what we know today, right? So uh, we anticipate that these things will change. And that's why when we do most of our, most of our plans that we in, include uh, marital tax planning in those, which hopefully will serve to catch that tax deduction no matter what happens uh, with that rate, right? That's kind of the goal with that. Yeah, it's always – it's an interesting situation because we really need to look at each and every individual's situation to say, well, if this is Bob and Betty, you know, what's their deal here? Maybe I got Bob and Bob and Betty and Betty or that. And then we've got blended families. We have people that come in where – one spouse has been married twice with two sets of kids. The other's been married a couple times and has one set of kids, and they were young enough they have another kid themselves. And, oh, my goodness, just trying to draw the flow chart out, you know? Yeah, you uh, now, what are we going to do here? Like, of course, they're the one that comes in and says, I just need a simple estate plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I get to laugh, and I said, you know, simple sale, dude. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> There's no more simple in your life. Yeah. Uh, you've made this – when I have a hard time drawing the family tree because of the blended family, obviously you don't have contiguous branches. So we have to – how are we going to connect all that stuff? And the family dynamics become uh, extraordinary. I've given this statistic before, and this is from the Pew Research. They have – their research indicates that some 42 percent of American adults – which is equal to 95.5 million of us, that's a quarter of the total population of the United States, are involved in a blended family situation. Common, common. I'm going to guess that number's even higher here in Seattle. I'm guessing that's higher. So if you're one of those blended families, please come see us. Avoid the problems. It can really, really help. This is a stage of the game I usually yell out, Go Hawks! But I was pretty uh, go hawked out after a magnificent Thursday game. Hey, folks, uh, stay tuned uh, for more great uh, Cairo Radio. And we will be back next Sunday live on air. And next week we'll be announcing our new um, seminars and workshops that will be coming up between now and the first of the year. We'll be a little more cream for you. A little more cream. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Your Partner in Law with Rick Gregorick. Event Info newsletters and Your Partner in Law podcast can all be found at yourpartnerinlaw.com. To schedule an appointment with Rick Gregorick, call 425-284-3450. That's 425-284-3450. For more information on the show or to sign up for a free Partner in Law event, visit yourpartnerinlaw.com. Tune in next Sunday morning at 9 to Your Partner in Law with your host, Rick Gregorick. Simulcast on Cairo Radio 97.3 FM and AM 770 KTTH.